It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is Tillman Fertitta, star of his own reality TV show, Billion Dollar Buyer on CNBC, and sole owner of the NBA's Houston Rockets, the Golden Nugget Casinos, including obviously the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas, and 600 other properties under the Fertitta Entertainment banner. And he's the author of the new book, Shut Up and Listen, Hard Business Truths That Will Help You Succeed. It's published by HarperCollins. The book is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the usual places. And you can t- follow Tillman on Instagram and also on Twitter at Tillman J. Fertitta. And Tillman, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here today, Ara. Thank you. I have two quick questions that come to mind because you're, you're a fascinating guy. One is, did your name, your uncommon name, as my name is uncommon, did that inspire you at all as a kid to then succeed as an adult, as an entrepreneur? Well, you got to also remember that when I was a kid, the Fertitas weren't successful. And, uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting is that my dad and uh, Lorenzo and Frank's dad were first cousins. And uh, we both found our success our own way. And me and Galveston and Houston and those guys in Las Vegas. So it's just what happened was as I became successful, I said, I like these big boxes where you can make a bunch of money out of one property instead of a bunch of little properties. And that's how I got into the gaming business with the Golden Nugget casinos everywhere. Right. I wasn't referring to Fertitta so much as Tillman. It's such an uncommon name. That's why I was curious if, if when you were a kid, that was one of the inspirations for you to succeed because you were, had such an uncommon name. No, that I, I, that never dawned on me. I think it was more for sport and the drive just to, to go out and be successful. And where did that drive come from? I don't know. I think you are born with a, genetically with a gene to, you know, that you, you're an entrepreneur and you want to succeed. And I think I definitely got that gene to, to strive. When I was a little kid, I didn't read comic books. I carried around a briefcase with my business in it. <laughs> Even if I didn't have much business. <laughs> <laughs> That's, good. That's great. So clearly, and this is, I guess, the challenging part, your book, which is, again, shut up and listen, how hard business truths will help you succeed. If you're born with that gene, can people who don't have that gene benefit from the book? 100%. This book is done at a very elementary level, but yet a very sophisticated level. And it's as much a self-improvement book as a business book. And Harper's came to me, Harper Collins, about 18 months ago and said, you know, Tillman, we watch your TV show. We see you on all these business talk shows. We read all these articles about you. We don't want a life story. We want a how you did it. And we love all these Tillmanisms that you have, that you've made your business successful from a $6,000 loan in one restaurant to be in worth $5 billion on the Forbes 400 list at 150 and. And and it's true. It's, you know, know your numbers. There are no spare customers. Be plappy. Take no out of your damn vocabulary. Know what you know and know what you don't know. And if you go into business with somebody, make sure they have a different talent than you. And on and on and on. Yes, you call them Tillmanisms, which is funny. It's basically sayings that you've developed. Now, did that happen over time or did it all come to you at one time, all these Tillmanisms? Oh, no, absolutely. Different people around me. I would come up with these one-liners, and and people very close to me would write them down, and 
when when and I use them all the time and and I would use them in the TV show and in articles and and I called everybody when I started to write that book and said all those Tillmanisms y'all written down y'all need to send them all to me. So, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I think in a way distilling that down into these Tillmanisms helps people to grab onto a concept and your book is not just really for business it's for life as well it is i mean and it's you know it's the 95 5 rule you know look for the five percent that's wrong every day whether it's your relationship or your business or how you're running your household and and you know we all do 95 percent of everything right let's do the five percent that we're not doing Yes, people tend to not focus on that. And you gave an example in an interview, and I focused on that because what happens is when I go into a restaurant, for example, and it may have, and you you gave an example of if is there litter in the opening to the restaurant, are the lights working, et cetera. I focus more, and I guess because of my background also in the hotel business, is that I focus on, is somebody greeting me when I come into a restaurant? And do they say goodbye when you leave? It's one thing to go up to a, podium and they say, well, we'll get you a table and they don't really welcome you. They don't make you feel warm and fuzzy. And then when you leave, they barely say goodbye after you've already spent the money. No. And, and, and I talk about that over and over about hospitality and service and there are no spare customers. And, you know, think about this one. And this one just chats me is that you're at a hotel, you're on business, you get off a call, and you want to order some breakfast, and they say, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve breakfast anymore. Well, it's 11.02 in the morning. <laughs> we stop serving breakfast at 11, and you say, listen, I don't want a waffle or an eggs Benedict, but can I just get a couple of scrambled eggs that you throw in a pan? And they say, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve breakfast anymore. Well, just throw a couple of eggs that I know are sitting right there versus a piece of chicken or a hamburger patty. No, sir, we don't serve breakfast anymore. It's so <laughs> easy to say no, and it's a word that everybody needs to take out of their vocabulary. Well, you're right. Unfortunately, in the government side of things, it's much more easy to do that. But on the entrepreneurial side, it shouldn't be the word no. It should be whatever you need, we'll get for you. 100%. And so, you don't have to say yes. It's kind of like, uh, no, sir, we, we don't have pancakes and waffles anymore. But you know what? I can I can uh, throw you a couple of eggs and scramble them. And I, there's some bacon up here that we're getting ready to put in this club sandwich over here that's already done. And and I can get you up some quick bacon and eggs. And I know we have some toast here too, sir, because I got to have it to make sandwiches. So why are we <laughs> telling the customer no when it's everything sitting right there in front of them? Where did that come from, Tillman? Where, where does that mentality come from when they don't cater to the customer? And clearly it took your book to point it out. I think before your book, the only other time that we were aware of that was in that movie Five Easy Pieces with Jack Nicholson and that, that oh scene gosh, with the waitress. That is so right. I remember that. Gosh, that was in the what early seventies. Correct. You're 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 giving everybody our age. <laughs> no, I was like seven years old when I saw that. That, was so, that is so funny. But that's one of those historic moments. And but it's the truth, though. I mean, you just think about it. And I guess from my own standpoint, I would be in somebody else's restaurant or hotel, and they always say, "No, we can't do this." And especially today, with all these millennial chefs and everybody. I mean, I go to a restaurant that I like in uh, L.A., and I won't go there anymore, and they tell me how I ought to order my steak. And if I don't order it this way, they won't serve it to me. I mean, there's something wrong today that we've forgotten hospitality. We've forgotten the H in hospitality. Oh, no, I agree totally. And I don't think it, it's relegated to the corporate ownership of restaurants and hotels, et cetera. 
it's even on a personal level. You can have someone who owns an individual restaurant or hotel, and it's the same issue. Sometimes it's even worse. So one hundred percent. I think it's worse sometimes. Yeah, so it is because really at least on the corporate level, you can maintain some standards. It's one hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with you. How do you keep track of everything? You've got the Houston Rockets. You've got the TV show. You've got the Golden Nugget Casinos. You've got all these other properties. How do you keep track of it all, and and why? In other words. You're obviously a hard-charging, self-motivated guy. You wrote the book, and we'll talk some more about the book in a moment. But I'm intrigued about how you keep track of it all and why you feel the need to keep growing and growing. Is that part of the entrepreneurial mentality? Yeah, you know what's so funny is even forget my casino in uh, in Las Vegas. I, I also have in Vegas, I have Mastro's and Catch and Martin's Steakhouse and Bubba Gump and Rainforest and, and <laughs> on and on and on. And Trevi and the forum. I mean, uh, so, you know, I love doing business in Vegas. You know, you just, you built a culture and a team going back all the way to one restaurant. And, you know, my kids today say, dad, how are we ever going to get our arms around this? Because you've done it all from one. And it's building a culture. I probably have 25 VPs that have been with me for 25 years. And yeah. you, it, you, when you're a company this big with 60,000 employees, you have to have systems and controls, but you better also have a culture. And my culture is, is that you don't tell a customer, no, you try to make them, you know, if you can't say yes, do something to make them happy. Do you think that your book would help? And I I don't want you to mention any names necessarily, or unless you feel like it, but would your book also help professionals in the hospitality industry? I'm thinking of so many properties, and I'm not going to name them, but I go into properties in Las Vegas all the time, and I marvel at the lack of hospitality. There's no greeting. It's by the numbers. It's just kind of the way it is. Well, I mean, technically, do I want to help my competitors? No. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this. Anybody in the restaurant business, anybody in the hospitality business, anybody in the service business, and I don't care if you're uh, a talk show host like yourself who who owes it to their listeners to put the right product there is that you're going to learn something out of this book. You could be a young entrepreneur who's just starting your first job or just be an entrepreneur starting their first business. It's all about service, hospitality, and self-improvement. What you do to become a better person and be successful. I always knew I wanted to be successful and i outlined a roadmap how I did it, and I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I just outworked people and found a way to get it done. What I like about the idea of the small nuggets of information as well, or insight, is that even old dogs could learn new tricks from your book. You know, you may think you know everything about the hospitality, not you, but I mean, one would think, one who's a veteran would think that they know everything about what's in the hospitality industry, and yet sometimes a visit back to the elemental stuff works. Absolutely. But let me tell you something. I don't know everything about the hospitality business. And I still come to work and learn every day. And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm successful is because I don't think I know it all. And I listen as much as I talk because I want to learn from other people because there's a lot of people out there that are smarter than me and know certain things more than I do. And I want to learn from them. Is part of that learning for you being organized? The reason I ask the question is in addition to all of your achievements and all of your operations, you somehow found time to write this book. Now, yes, there are nuggets of information and good information, but still you had to sit down, you had to write it, you had to put all the information together, you had a deadline by the publisher, HarperCollins. So how do you organize your life so that you can do these things? 
Well, you you just have to. We can prioritize anything we want, and there's X amount of hours in the day, and you just find a way to do it. And some days you're able to get into more uh, minutia than other days, and other days you're only able to manage things from twenty thousand feet. So you just manage your time and do the best you can. How about the concept of things? In other words, when you're looking at your various businesses and operations. As you mentioned, you can look at it from way above or you can look at it up close up in the minutia. What about just conceptually where you sit back at your desk and you go, gee, maybe we could do this and I can acquire this in order to conceptually increase this market here. Does that, does that happen as well? Absolutely all the time. And, you know, you know, one thing I do is all my executives office here with me. We don't live in different parts of the country and companies are mismanaged. And one of the things that we do the best is take advantage of companies that are mismanaged because they, they don't have a hard work culture and they're a lifestyle company. Well, we're always, you know, sitting there and brainstorming late at night, not trying to run to the elevator at six o'clock. And that's how we make good decisions and feed off of each other. I suspect too, that you have a lot of fun. Absolutely. This is sport to me. This is why I come to work every day. And, uh, you know, it's the competitiveness to be successful. It is. Is there someone that you look at today and you see them as you were 10, 20, 30 years ago, and you can see that they're going to be very successful, people that are you, you deal with now either? Not, not really. I mean, I have people come up to me all the time but, and, and say, I know that this person can be successful, but I can't sit there and say they're going to be exactly like me. And I didn't have that one mentor you know, I kind of looked at lots of successful people and, and, and saw their creativity and their talent and, and, and picked up things from them. It's interesting. Yeah, that was my next question. You already answered it, which was about whether you had one person you looked to as a, a mentor, but you actually, based on your own history, you were the one that strived to be where you are today. Yeah, but, you know, I still, I, I never had that one mentor, but I watched people growing up in Houston that, that were very successful that I, that I, there were different things about what they did. You know, I watched Steve Wynn's creativity and how he changed Vegas. I watched Michael Milken, you know, how he changed the whole economics in the financial world, you know, that, that totally have had an impact on Vegas. If it weren't for Steve Wynn and Michael Milken, you wouldn't have the Vegas that it is today, most likely. Yeah, the explosive growth and just the whole creative input there and well, then even well, my you know steve Wynn from his creativity to build and michael milken of the coming up with leverage finance bonds yeah it's an amazing story well let's take a break my guest tillman fertita is star of his own reality tv show billion dollar buyer on cnbc he's the sole owner of nba's houston rockets the golden nugget casinos including here in las vegas and 600 other properties under the Fertitta umbrella. He's the author of the new book, Shut Up and Listen, Hard Business Truths That Will Help You Succeed, published by HarperCollins. The book is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the usual places. And you can follow Tillman on Instagram and on Twitter at Tillman J. Fertitta. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. There's something new at the Neon Museum. The emerging technology of light mapping brings old signs back to life. Forgotten artifacts of our past that once blazed in the Las Vegas night are reanimated in a dazzling immersion of sight and sound. You've never seen anything like it because there's never been anything like it. Brilliant, a Neon Museum experience. 
performances nightly. Join the experience now at neonmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Tillman Fertitta. He's star of his own reality TV show, Billion Dollar Buyer on CNBC. He's the sole owner of the NBA's Houston Rockets, Golden Nugget Casinos, and 600 other properties under Fertitta Entertainment. And he's the author of the new book, which we've been talking about, Shut Up and Listen, Hard Business Truths That Will Help You Succeed, published by HarperCollins. And the book is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the usual places. And you can follow Tillman on Instagram and on Twitter at Tillman J. Fertitta. Are you uh, fitting in right into social media? Do you see that as a new frontier for you as a business? It's definitely the new frontier. You know, 100%. It's the way people communicate today. It's the way people advertise today. It's the way people promote. I think there's more. It's out there about the social media than any other mean, because that's the way people communicate today. It is interesting because years ago, decades ago, it was a whole different model for how you promote. And now it seems that almost everybody from the billionaire to the guy that's just starting out can use social media to promote his or her business, his or her projects. It is. I mean, that's the mean. That's where you have to realize change, change, change. And people today that don't have social media, they're really getting behind the curve because that is the way people are going to communicate in the future. Do you see that integrating all of your businesses in some way under the social media umbrella? And what I mean by that is certainly you use the internet and you use technology for all kinds of things, for all the operations that you have, but do you see a synergy in the social media arena between the the hotels, the the club, the restaurants, not, not et cetera? As, you know, not as much in social media because you have different people that are interested in different platforms of your business. And so you're better off letting each one of your platforms have their own social media. And then, of course, me or the parent company can talk about things individually, but, but it, I think it's better to let each platform have its own. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you remember your first experience with Las Vegas? You know, I, I've been coming to Vegas since, um, you know, I was a kid. My parents used to come out here, and we used to see my my dad used to come see his cousin Frank and his family, and, and I had relatives that were in Galveston in the gaming business, and when that closed down, moved to Las Vegas. So I've had a connection with Vegas since the early 60s, and I've had family that moved up there since the 50s. You seem to be a fairly grounded guy, so even with all of your success, you are able to relate or communicate with people in all walks of life. Where did that come from? Was that from your childhood? You know, I I think it's, you know, my dad was always that way, but, but, you know, he never had the success anywhere near that I I had, but I think maybe it was just me that I, I remember that I was nobody and was a worker just like everybody else. And I can remember I used to, when I was in high school, I was working as a desk clerk at this hotel in Houston and the owner would come in and he would never even speak to me or say hello. And and he had no idea that if he would have just stopped and spoke to me for five seconds one day, what an impact it would have had on me. Because he was a, a developer here in Houston. And I just, as I became successful, I've just never changed. I mean, if I'm still walking through a casino and see a candy wrap or paper or dirty glass, I'll still pick it up. And it sets an example for everybody else that works for me, and it's just to make the point that I've never changed, so you don't change either just because you're the general manager or an executive or a VP today. 
that's just the way I am. And if you saw me in person, uh, and, and you would see that I'm, I'm, I'm that way with everybody. And it seems too that it's almost your philosophy. It's part of that culture you're talking about with, with your companies, but it's also that philosophy of be nice to your people on your way up. You'll meet them on the way down. Not that you're going to ever come down. I think you're going to stay up, but it's still, you, you, you're nice to people and you deal with people and you connect with people. I love connecting with people. I'm not saying that I'm not a tough guy, okay? I can show you lots of people I deal with, but, but I'm, I'm nice, okay? And, and uh, you know, the one thing that my dad told me as I was going up the ladder was, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. And I don't care how tough you are in the negotiating room or whatever, when it's all over with, it's good to be nice. Nope. Nice is free. And it's one of my slogans in my book, and one of my <laughs> They even have printed shirts that say, being nice is free. And it's the best asset you have to, to grow your business and have no spare customers is being nice. Part of your title of the book, Hard Business Truths That Will Help You Succeed, not business truths that will help you succeed, hard business truths that will help you succeed. You obviously put that as part of the title. There's a reason for it. What's your reason for it? Why is it hard? These business truths, why are they hard for well, people to grasp? Because people don't want to recognize what they're good at and what they're not good at. And, and I, and I kind of pound this throughout the book. And you have to look in the mirror sometimes and, and recognize what your own deficiencies are. And so I talk about the deficiencies. And if you're not good at this, this is where you need to go get help. And, and that's why this is as much a self-improvement book as a business management book is you've got to realize what you're good at and what you're not good at. And that's something I've always known. And I know what I don't know. And that's something that everybody needs to know. You've got to know what you don't know. And you have to decide that you need to go to other people for assistance if you need it, because your weakness may be in accounting and you are more the deal guy. So you've got to get someone on board that can help you with the numbers. Right. And I'm not talking about consultants because one of my Tillmanisms is consultants will consult you right out of business. <laughs> but, 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 but it's you using your gut and surrounding yourself with the right people around you. Right. Well, there's that definition of the consultant as the guy that lives 100 miles away from your business as opposed to the guy that can help you who's with you. As you said, all of your people are with you in one building. So, 100%. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting viewpoint, and I, I agree with it. I, people sometimes look at consultants, especially the TV industry, they look at consultants and all the local markets look the same as a result, and I, I think it suffers as well. Do you find that you are able to create a distinction in the marketplace with all of your entities in addition to the, the basic bedrock of hospitality, but do you approach, maybe I should rephrase this, do you approach each operation with the idea of differentiating it in the marketplace? Mm, you know, there's a lot of competition out there, and you just you have to work on every day with change and being better than everybody else. And and that's one of the things we do is, you know, we're still there's as much competition at everything there is. You still strive to be better than everybody else. And when you say better, that I guess that's what I'm asking: is are you better by distinguishing? your business from others or you're just providing better service or better product or a combination of the two? I think you got to do it all. You, you want to have better service, you want to have a better atmosphere, and you want to have better food. And there's a lot of competition out there for the seat. So you want to make sure you get the most butts in your seats. Yeah, no, that's true. I just thought of your worst nightmare, which would be that hotels other than the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas hire you as their consultant. 
<laughs> I don't think anybody can afford me. <laughs> no, how long did it take you to put this book together? Again, it's called it, Shut, it, Shut Up and Listen, Hard Business Truths That Will Help You Succeed. About 18 months. But you, but, but you know what's funny is, is that if you do go to the Golden Nugget and you'll see that it's busy when no other casinos in Vegas are busy, it's because it, it, it does have my personality and that you're nice to everybody. And even though it's a big casino, you don't feel like it's corporately owned because it, it's probably the largest casino except maybe my one in outside of Houston, Lake Charles, that it's owned by an individual, you know? And so it does get to fill my culture. And that's the thing. You are the, it's, it's obviously, it has to be a corporate owned entity, but at the same time, you as the individual driving the culture can infuse it with that culture and then maintain it and keep it going, I guess is what well, I'm it's saying. Well, a, it's, a, it's a one shareholder company, so right. it's going to fill my culture. Right. <laughs> no, no, that makes perfect sense. Now, do they all have to speak with a Texas accent when they're there? Hey, don't be making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I was maybe part of the culture, so, <laughs> so that's good. Looking at the book, and as you call them Tillmanisms, if you had to pick one number one advice for entrepreneurs, especially for those that want to reach a certain level of success, what would that be from your point of view? You know, passion and drive and don't give up because, you know, we all make mistakes. We all have failures and, and, and just learn what you, why you failed the previous time. And if you keep recognizing what you're good at and what you're not good at, you know, you would be surprised that you can continue to improve. And it's along the lines of keep, as you call it, punch and keep, keep persevering. Yeah, yeah. Keep don't give up. It. Don't Just give up. It. <laughs> and it's, that's a kind of a, almost for the ages in that sense, because there are people, there are entertainers, for example, who have a lot of talent and we've discussed it on the show before, but just never succeeded because they didn't have that drive to keep going no matter how many auditions they failed or how many shows didn't work out. And, and there are breaks. I mean, we all do get a break here and there. And entertainers, you know, it's that one person seeing you or that one actor, the right screen test and somebody believing in you. And, and uh, you know, I've had people on Wall Street believe in me and, and uh, it does help. And, and so as much as I, I will tell you that it was hard work and it was all me, there was still meeting people at the right time, that you got the right deal done, that you might not have gotten done that it still takes, a, uh, for all the great successful people, and I honestly believe that if we all started over, uh, I would get there again because I would keep punching and fighting. But you still have people that helped you along the way who bought a deal or whatever and, and took on your debt because they believed in you. Well, that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Tillman Fertitta. He's star of his own reality TV show, Billion Dollar Buyer, on CNBC, and he's the sole owner of the NBA's Houston Rockets, the Golden Nugget Casinos, and about 600 other properties under the Fertitta Entertainment banner. He's the author of the new book, Shut Up and Listen, Hard Business Truths That Will Help You Succeed. It's published by HarperCollins. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the usual places. And you can follow Tillman and his Tillmanisms on Instagram and on Twitter at Tillman J. Fertitta. And Tillman, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, sir. Greatly enjoyed it. You got it. See you next time. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment.